0: Pope St. John Paul II said that discovering Christ always again and always more fully is the most wonderful adventure of our life. Blazing the Trail is a weekly conversation where we talk about this adventure with courage and hope while sharing stories about what the Holy Spirit is doing in Western Oregon and beyond.
1: Welcome back to Blazing the Trail, heard here on Mater Dei Radio and through the Archdiocese of Portland's podcast channel. I'm your host, Miriam Marston, and this week we're going to look at evangelization from a slightly different angle. This is the first of a few conversations we'll have with some different guests on the show in the coming months, exploring the mission of sharing the gospel through the lens of St. Joseph because, as we'll hear, Pope Francis has called for a year of St. Joseph. This means that the entire church is invited to really take a second look at St. Joseph, to learn about his role and hear his wisdom which flows from a life completely anchored in Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because, as we'll soon learn, St. Joseph doesn't actually have any recorded words in all of Scripture. But it's precisely in this quiet and faithful witness that we are shown a different way to live, which stands in contrast to the noisy world around us, where each voice tries to be the loudest and ideas circulate often frantically and wildly. How can St. Joseph teach us to slow down and steady ourselves and listen to the Holy Spirit in the in-between moments, in the ordinary work of everyday life? And not all of us are called to be carpenters like he was, but we're all called by the grace of God to build up the church, each in our own way. As you'll hear me mention during the interview, for a long time, St. Joseph for me was little more than a statue in a church that I would pass by without much thought. So I am personally grateful for this opportunity to spend a year discovering this part of our spiritual inheritance and tradition. And to help us better understand this special year, I'm joined on this episode by Todd Cooper, who is leading the efforts of this local church on behalf of Archbishop Sample to help parishes in Western Oregon respond to the Holy Father's invitation. So please enjoy my conversation with Todd Cooper, who will help us get to know St. Joseph, who really is a saint for our times. I'm joined today by Todd Cooper, who serves as Director of Special Ministries of the Archbishop for the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Todd, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today?
0: I'm doing real well. Thanks, Miriam. Appreciate it.
1: Great. Well, Todd, we had you on the show just about a year ago, actually, and it's great to welcome you back. Uh, But as a refresher, could you say something about uh, the work you've been doing at the Archdiocese through the years?
0: Yeah, thanks, Miriam. Well, I've, I've actually celebrated, I just celebrated my 22nd anniversary working for the Archdiocese back in January, so I'm grateful for all these wonderful years. Uh, I do a lot of different things. You mentioned my title, the Director of Special Ministries of the Archbishop. I do work with um, uh, interfaith and ecumenism. I do public policy work on behalf of the Oregon Catholic Conference. I uh, do a lot of event planning and activities. Uh, Over the past year, the archbishop asked me to spearhead our COVID response team for the archdiocese. So that has taken up uh, the vast majority of my time over this past year. Uh, So that's been very interesting and I'm glad we're coming to the end of this pandemic, please God. But um, yeah, so I I work with our archdiocese and pastoral council, which is a group of primarily lay advisors to the archbishop on, you know, pastoral planning and evangelization. I I, I love my, part of my uh, work is to collaborate with a lot of other departments and ministries. Uh, so I'm regularly in contact with so many other people in the pastoral center and, and working together with them. So it just, it's just been a joy and a wonderful work in ministry over the years. I'm so grateful.
1: Great. Well, congratulations on 22 years, Todd. That's, Thank that's you. wonderful. And uh, so that brings us to today where we're embarking now in a new special ministry (laughs) this year for the archdiocese. Could you just say a little bit about this year that Pope Francis has called and how the archdiocese right now um, has responded? Can we just start there?
0: You bet. Yeah. So uh, that'll take us back to December, December 8th of 2020. And uh, it was a surprise, I think, for everyone in the church. Uh, the Pope issued an apostolic letter uh, called Patris Corde, which basically means in Latin, with the heart of a father. And uh, with that apostolic letter, he inaugurated the year of St. Joseph. And again, it was um, news to all of us, and, uh, but good news. Uh, but so December 8th, 2020, until December 8th, 2021, which is later this year, is the year of St. Joseph. And uh, the apostolic letter written by the Pope was a wonderful letter. Um, The archbishop, of course, heard heard the news right away. Um, And he really wanted the local church to uh, grow in devotion to St. Joseph during this uh, year of St. Joseph and to contemplate, you know, the mystery of his sainthood and his role in the history of salvation and to that end, the Archbishop asked if I, on his behalf, would spearhead a, our, our efforts in the local church to try to foster this uh, greater devotion um, to St. Joseph. And so um, uh, the first thing I did um, after the Archbishop asked me about that was to call a few friends at the Pastoral Center mm-hmm. and ask if they would be willing to team up with me to you know, really help to, to launch and encourage our parishes in these efforts to celebrate and honor this year of St. Joseph. So um, yeah, there was, and everybody asked said yes. I was so uh, pleased by that and thankful. Um, so it's a, it's a good team. I think there's nine or 10 of us total. And uh, we, we met uh, twice a week um, for several weeks. And then now we're meeting just once a week. And uh, we had a webinar a couple weeks ago. And anyways, just, you know, brainstorming, doing lots of things to try to help uh, promote devotion to St. Joseph.
1: Wonderful. And Todd, was there a reason why uh, the timing of this year of St. Joseph, was there a reason why the Holy Father picked uh, this year?
0: You know, I'm not sure, Miriam, but, um, you know, there has been a growing focus on St. Joseph uh over the years and and actually i do know that, that there is there is a reason and it's uh um i want to say is it the 150th anniversary of the um uh of the naming of saint joseph as the patron of the universal yeah. church okay. I think that's yeah. what the apostolic letter says so uh, maybe off on the on the year but um Yes. Um, Recalling reading it now. But yeah, so December 8th of 2020 marked that anniversary of St. Joseph being named as the patron of the Universal Church. And so that's why. But but leading up to that, Miriam, there there has been a growing movement of devotion towards St. Joseph. And it's been spearheaded uh, in a large way by uh, Father Calloway, uh, Mm -hmm. Father. Uh, Callaway uh, wrote a book called "Consecration to Saint Joseph," uh, which came out. I think it came out last year. And at any rate, that's been inspiring people in the church uh, to focus a little more on Saint Joseph.
1: Great! And to give a a teaser to folks, we will also be speaking with uh, Father Calloway on this show. So I, I can't wait to have a conversation with him. Uh, I hope to have a few conversations throughout the year on this topic of Saint Joseph. So I'm I'm grateful uh, for this show that gives us a chance to explore. Uh, devotion to this wonderful saint and what he means for our church and world today. But let's go back just a little bit. You talked about this growing movement of devotion uh, throughout the church um, more recently, but let's talk about your own then devotion and friendship with St. Joseph. Uh, Is he relatively new to to your own uh, spiritual life? Is he someone you discovered when you were quite young? Um, I know for myself, St. Joseph was kind of relegated to being a statue. And that was kind of it. I I don't think I'm the only one, you know, there were just the statues in the church. I'm like, oh, that's St. Joseph over there. Um, So it's taken a little bit of time for that friendship to blossom with St. Joseph. What about you, Todd?
0: Yeah, thanks, Miriam. It's a great question. And I was born and raised Catholic, And I would just say, reflecting back over my life, St. Joseph has definitely been present there, um, but hasn't played a very big role. Uh, And I would say uh, underappreciated in my own life. And it really hasn't been until, you know, the Pope called for this year of St. Joseph that I've really started digging into uh, who he is as a person, uh, what role he played in uh, the history of salvation. Uh, one of the ideas or thoughts that, that really uh, kind of moves my heart is the fact that he was the man on earth who was closest to Christ. Um, And, you know, uh, for many years raised uh, Jesus and uh, was a protector, provider teacher. Um, I just love that. And so, you know, uh, for, uh, yeah, I I do have a a picture of St. Joseph in my office. That's been there for many years. He's holding the Christ child, Uh, So St. Joseph hasn't been absent, but he's been a little hidden in my life. And and that's changing now. That's changing now in a big way. I I am doing this consecration to St. Joseph uh, with Father Callaway's book. I started on February 15th, and it has been very powerful, a powerful experience for me um, just to uh, see him as a model, uh, to become a friend uh, with him, and to seek his intercession, and uh, I just, um, I, I can't believe all these centuries that have gone by in the church that his role really has been, has remained hidden. Um, yeah. I think until now, it's really, you know, uh, there's a lot of depths to be plumbed with who he was and and the role that he played in, in our own salvation history.
1: Yeah, oh, so true. I'm, Uh, I'm joining you with doing that consecration. A number of us at my own parish are doing this 33 days of preparation for a consecration of St. Joseph. And it has been a wonderful education and learning and deepening of of faith and and just seeing the beautiful ways that um, our God has worked uh, through salvation history, like you said, um, in discovering uh, through the silence of St. Joseph, but his powerful example. And I want to get to that, but for those who are just, Uh, joining us. I'm speaking with Todd Cooper, who serves as Director of Special Ministries of the Archbishop for the Archdiocese of Portland. Um, And shifting gears then, uh, going back to the main theme of this show, which is evangelization and pondering those ways that we can uh, live out this Christian witness in the world today. What are you gleaning so far from your reading and research and prayer during this year of St. Joseph about what uh, St. Joseph can teach us about being a, a witness to the faith in the world?
0: You know, it's very powerful, Miriam, because I, I think the the very short, simple answer to that is that uh, St. Joseph was a quiet witness, um, a quiet witness, and an extremely powerful witness, uh, hidden. Um, you know, he says nothing in the scriptures. Uh, He's very obedient uh, when, um, you know, he he receives the revelation of God in dreams, uh, you know, and he stands by Jesus and Mary uh, in those uh, early years, which are so um, uh, just so precious. And uh, but, yeah, just the fact that he was such a quiet witness, but a very strong witness and powerful witness, I think is, is an example to all of us, because really the focus of Joseph is the fact that, you know, he lived an ordinary life with Jesus and Mary. And in living that out, uh, became, um, you know, one of the greatest saints in in the church's history.
1: In a sense, that's kind of contrary to there's a lot of high volume and noise in our culture and kind of striving to have the loudest voice. I feel like that's there's a lot of that going on. And St. Joseph tells us something very different that it's not always the loudest voice, but it's certainly the faithful one. that's gonna it's gonna move things along. Um, Todd, as I've been doing this reading of Saint joseph and in this consecration preparation, I'm struck by the different titles and patronages of of St. Joseph. And I I feel that they can really correspond quite well to what we're living through today uh, in terms of the various challenges and and, um, yeah, things we're trying to work through as as a culture and as a church. Just looking at those patron titles of St. Joseph, do any of them stand out for you in terms of um, kind of entrusting certain aspects of what we're living through?
0: Without a doubt, yes. Uh, There's some just fabulous titles, and each one is deserving of just pondering and reflection. Uh, But uh, yeah, I'll I'll just highlight a couple, Miriam.
1: Please, yeah.
0: Lover of Poverty. Yeah. Wow. Mirror of Patience. That's one I need (laughs) to to reflect on and try to emulate uh, Joseph on. Model of Workman. Yeah. Yeah. I love that title, too. Um, but yeah. And then and one that I think has a richness is Glory of Domestic Life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think about that as myself as a family man. Um, and yeah, there's just so much there. Um, he's such an example. Another too is Pillar of Families. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Protector of the Universal Church. So, I mean, there's, and there's many, many more, each one again is deserving of, you know, pondering, reflecting, you know, that, you know, this was the man that, that God, the father put in charge of his, his only and beloved son, Jesus, and, um, you know, the mother of God, Mary most holy. Uh, so his role is just, it can't be underemphasized of how important it was and how great a saint that he was, um. So yeah, there's, there's so much richness, richness there.
1: Yeah. And and I have found recently just in these last couple of weeks that, um, I feel like there's not a petition or an intercession. that's on my heart that I can't bring to St. Joseph that he's just there for everything. And, and something that's been new for me is considering, uh, Looking at Mary and Joseph as a as a unit, <laughs> you know, I was telling uh, someone recently that for a long, for a very long time, it's like I had uh, uh, Mary on on one side and like Saint Joseph just really far away, just doing his own thing somewhere else. But no, what we're reminded is that we can go to them as the Holy Family in heaven, and that that intercession is even more powerful together. So it's been nice to um, to go to. <laughs> I feel like I'm stating the obvious here, but going to Mary and Joseph together (laughs) as a unit.
0: Amen. Yeah, Miriam. And that's something that that really I've come to appreciate more just in, in these recent days Um, I've had the privilege of visiting the Holy house in Loretto, uh, which originates from Nazareth. And, you know, uh, Joseph just had a very intimate relationship with Mary and Jesus uh, they lived in close quarters. Uh, they they worked together. They they just lived life together, and it just it's such a powerful witness of that that holy family, kind of going through ordinary life together, uh, working, uh, meeting the demands of daily life, uh, but also enjoying each other's company, eating, taking meals together, talking, conversing with one another, um, and that God chose to spend most of his life on earth, God, me, Jesus, you know, incarnate, spent most of his life on earth growing up and uh, being part of a family before he ever launched on his public ministry, which was only a short three years. I think, you know, reflecting on that just can say so much to us about how much God the Father values our ordinary lives.
1: Todd, as you're looking at the year ahead, how do you see this year of St. Joseph being possibly an opportunity and a source of renewal within our church? What kind of opportunities might lay ahead? If you had you could lay out your hopes and dreams for, for how the church could respond to this year as really an opportunity for renewal.
0: It, it really is, Miriam, and I see it happening already, and it's very exciting. You know, many parishes are already Um, uh, sponsoring or providing an opportunity for parishioners to do this consecration to Saint Joseph. I know there's a number of virtual groups that are meeting and uh, people are doing the consecration together. Others are doing it privately uh, through this book written by Father Donald Calloway. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I I just think, um, you know, there's a reason why Joseph has remained hidden for so many centuries. And I think, um, and this is a little bit dramatic, but uh, one of the Fatima visionaries, uh, Sister Lucia, who's, whose cause has been open for canonization, um, and she died, I can't remember when, uh, recently, but um, she basically said in a letter to a cardinal uh, that was written a number of years ago, that the final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family
1: yeah yeah.
0: and you know we see that our families are so broken, touched by divorce and and you know, just other difficult things, so many broken families. And it, it's really led to uh, a lot of wounds in our society. And I think the the healing and the answer um, is 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 in the family. And so I think joseph is is God the Father's secret weapon during this time when the family needs, So much strength and needs so much shoring up. I think Joseph is there for us. He's also the protector of the universal church which means that, you know, we're so um, torn by division in the church right now. And uh, as the protector of the church, he's the protector of our unity as well. And so I think we need to turn to him in these divisive times. And I see this happening already, Miriam, as I said, in our parishes, um, but just in highlighting St. Joseph's role uh, for us, you know, the Pope lifting him up, his apostolic letter is absolutely beautiful. It's an easy read. It's a short read. So I just encourage everybody, um, if they haven't done so already to read that there's so, so much depth there. in in you know, I think it's just like seven pages. Mm-hmm. Um, And um, so at any rate, it it is exciting to see, and and we're gonna try to continue to encourage, um, you know, devotion to St. Joseph and prayers. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is we we, uh, teamed up this team of folks at the Pastoral Center, and we wrote intercessions that are related to each of the titles of St. Joseph. And uh, so uh, those intercessions are available for parishes to use, just to highlight, you know, the virtues of St. Joseph. Um, And to raise awareness of the fact that we are living in this year of St. Joseph right now. Uh, He's a man for our times. And I think God has hidden him and has revealed him now in his role precisely for these times uh, to help the world right now, which is uh, so desperately in need of of a man like St. Joseph.
1: Todd, where would our listeners be able to learn more about like learning about those intercessions, for instance, where would they go?
0: Yeah, to the Archdiocese of Portland website. Um, and on the homepage, there is a beautiful picture of, of St. Joseph and um, a year of St. Joseph. So we have webpages dedicated to the year of St. Joseph, uh, to promoting him. There's, there's, you know, prayers there. There's, uh, and, and there's also in Spanish. Uh, so um, we have resources and tools for parishes. And that's where you can, you know, parishes can find the intercessions or even families if they want to use those. Uh, but there's other tools and resources listed there. So the Archdiocese of Portland website, the homepage, click on uh, the year of St. Joseph uh, and you'll find what we have there.
1: Great. And Todd, with the time we have left. So I mentioned to you how for a long time, St. Joseph was not much more than a statue in a church for me. (laughs) So if someone who's listening and who doesn't really know where to start, but this sounds very interesting to them, where where would you point them just to uh, just kind of to to kickstart that friendship with St. Joseph. What are some of those first steps?
0: Yeah, well, I think that, you know, one of the first things for sure, Miriam, is uh, finding prayers to St. Joseph. And I think just Googling that on the internet, there's uh, individual prayers that are a couple paragraphs long. Mm. Uh, There's uh, novenas that are nine-day prayers. Um, There's long prayers to St. Joseph. But I think starting with prayer and in the Pope's apostolic letter, there are really there are two prayers there, and mm-hmm. uh, they're each just two paragraphs long. One is kind of the official prayer for the year of Saint Joseph, and that's in the body of the letter itself. And then in a footnote mm-hmm. is a, a beautiful prayer to Saint Joseph, also two paragraphs, that Pope Francis um, let us know that he has prayed every day for the last forty years. Wow. Uh, and both are just simple prayers, beautiful prayers, short. Uh, asking for the the powerful intercession of St. Joseph. And and that's where I would invite people to start. Uh, Then, you know, they can go to the Archdiocese of Portland website, you know, to find other tools and resources. Um, But there really is so much out there. And for those that want to get a little more, you know, dug in, uh, I can't recommend highly enough uh, Father Callaway's book, Consecration to St. Joseph. Uh, It's worth uh, $16 or $17. I can't remember what I paid for it. Uh, Very much worth it. There's prayers and other resources in there. Um, And it's a 33-day consecration. So it's a beautiful way to to celebrate this year.
1: And very doable. We're not talking uh, many pages of reading a day. There is some reading each day, but it's it's very manageable, I would say. It
0: really is, Miriam. And I've been inspired because, you know, um, uh, one of the members of our committee is a young father. Um, He did the consecration with one of his boys last year. Uh, they did it together. Uh, what a beautiful witness for a family to maybe take that up together. Uh, this consecration to Saint Joseph. Um, at any rate, I mean, really, uh, families are so critical and important, and uh, that would be a wonderful opportunity for a family.
1: Amen. Todd, do you find yourself gravitating towards uh, a certain title of Saint Joseph?
0: Well, I think you know one of the ones because you know our families are so broken in this day and age. Uh, the title really pillar of families. Um, you know, I find consolation myself just in the title and knowing that I can go as, as a stepdad, I'm a stepdad, and that I can go to St. Joseph um, and ask for his intercession, his powerful intercession uh, for my stepchildren uh, who are in their 20s, uh, but are in much need of, of, of uh, conversion in many cases, strengthening of their faith. Um, they're swimming in a world out there that really is so um you know, anti-Christian, anti-Catholic, and they just need all the help that they can get. And Saint Joseph really uh, can provide that. Um, so, yeah, I think Pillar of Families really is is one that really stands out.
1: Todd, we are coming up to the end of our time together, but it has been so wonderful to chat. So grateful for your time. I just ask that God continue to bless your ministry with the Archdiocese of Portland. And I hope that many more people are led to Christ and to his church uh, through the graces of this year of St. Joseph. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Todd. God bless.
0: Yeah, God bless. Thank you.
1: Todd mentioned a few times uh, the apostolic letter that Pope Francis wrote at the opening of this year of St. Joseph. There are two passages I wanted to share with you all as we close out this episode. First, that Joseph teaches us that faith in God includes believing that He can work even through our fears, our frailties, and our weaknesses. He also teaches us that amid the tempest of life, we must never be afraid to let the Lord steer our course. At times, we want to be in complete control, yet God always sees the bigger picture. Later on, Pope Francis writes, Just as God told Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid, so he seems to tell us, do not be afraid. We need to set aside all anger and disappointment and to embrace the way things are, even when they do not turn out as we wish. Not with mere resignation, but with hope and courage. In this way, we become open to a deeper meaning. Our lives can be miraculously reborn if we find the courage to live them in accordance with the gospel. It does not matter if everything seems to have gone wrong or some things can no longer be fixed. God can make flowers spring up from stony ground. My friends, my prayer for you this week is that if you find your heart, your home, your work, any part of your life, if you find that it's, as Pope Francis calls it, stony ground, I would pray that you hear those same words. Do not be afraid. God works wonders, and His grace can overturn the most hardened heart. The question is, will we let Him? Do we really want God to change everything? If we say yes, then be ready to turn to St. Joseph, whose own story of saying yes to God can inspire and encourage you through your walk of faith. Thank you for tuning in. Please join me next week as we continue to blaze a trail of hope in Western Oregon and beyond. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, produced through the studios
0: of the Archdiocese of Portland. Join us in our mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ across Western Oregon by visiting archdpdx.org.